Carlos here again, and I know. Yeah, I know, the whole uh, consistency thing did not pan out. I'm sorry. A lot of things happened over the past couple of weeks, uh, one of which is uh, work from home is no longer an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though a lot of people were required to report on site for work over the better part of 2021. This time around, it's mandated, so almost everyone has to go back to work, even though their job could be done from the comfort of their own home. I know, it's a a shitty situation and a stupid concept. But we're not not here to talk about that today, no. That's That's a different kind of story, which I'll probably have a time to talk about once I get is settled in to the chaos in my heart. For now, we're going to actually talk about something better. This is going to be less of a, a ramble episode and more of a rave, which I know has been the theme for the last couple of episodes. I know, it's, uh, it's so off-brand. There's less complaining and more celebration. I don't know if that's a good thing, but if it is... Hey, just let me know. I'd be happy to be happier about more things in life. Takes away the stress and, uh, you know, helps uh, deal with the fact that I'm getting older. Yeah, stress is a bitch. So, without beating around the bush, let's get into the meat and potatoes. The Batman. TLDL, too long, didn't listen version is, it's great. It's a good movie. A really refreshing take on the Batman. It's a decent first foray into what looks to be a trilogy. A reboot to better suit the DCU, which is currently in shambles, I know. So what makes it good? What makes it uh, a better... Yeah, I would say that. I'd say a better take on the Batman franchise. Is it the cast? Is it the cinematography? Or is it the fact that we actually sort of kind of clamored for a new Batman without us even knowing? Could be all of that. But fact of the matter is, Robert Pattinson absolutely kills it. Yes, my friends, reboot Battinson. He just nails it. He he's really really good. And I'm going to be honest. I did have some reservations going into the movie, not because of his uh, sparkly toilet past. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's way behind him. And if anybody brings that up, <laughs> y'all just hating because he's proven himself over the past decade. My reservations came from, well, I I just didn't see him as Batman. And given the casting choices we've seen over the decades, I I just couldn't see it. That's a personal gripe, I know. Because I would have seen him better off as a villain, to be honest. Or a different hero. Just not Batman. So, going into this movie, I was hopeful. 
Because even though my personal biases couldn't see him as the Cape Crusader, I knew that his acting chops could make up for it. And boy, I'm glad I was hopeful. Because those acting chops, they were working on overtime for this dude. Which is actually... It's, it's hard to say because he, he barely got any lines in the movie. I know, we're treading into minor spoiler territory. Part of the reason why I decided to... to... <laughs> to let this whole uh, episode simmer a bit. I could have released this maybe... March 2 or 3, but I decided to let a few more people watch it. Just so we could talk a bit more in-depth, given the limited time I give this podcast. Because there's a lot to unpack. There were a lot of things to, to just gawk at, to just stare at, to appreciate in this movie. Now, I'm not going to simp for it, though. I'm not going to say it's the second coming of Christ or whatever. But it was really good. And maybe it's because uh, Batfleck wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't that good. And it's been so long since uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Maybe that's why this Batman is a breath of fresh air. But maybe it does have its own merits. And Robert Pattinson was really, really good. Because my mindset going into this was this is a younger, inexperienced, more unrefined Batman. He's the world's greatest detective, but not quite. Not yet there. He's still struggling. He's still finding his stride. He's still growing into the suit. Even though he was uh, pretty ripped. Looked pretty good topless. Yeah, just gonna say. So we don't get the overpowered Batman that we all know and uh, sometimes not love so much. It gets kind of tedious, especially in the animated series, when uh, Batman's prep time is basically a superpower. When you have a dossier of all the villains and the heroes, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not something that... It's not something you enjoy all the time. That, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> he's straddling the line between effective character development and uh, Mary Sue. So, yeah, this Batman, though, yeah, it, it's clear where he stands. He wants to do good. He wants to be Gotham's defender. The Dark Knight. All right. He wants to be all of that, but he's not there yet. His intentions, his, his principles, his desire, it's all there. But the skills, the mastery, everything that he needs to be, not quite. So it was something I could appreciate because that's exactly how I saw Robert Pattinson. Not the Batman that was in The Dark Knight or uh, Joel Schumacher's <laughs> Batman Forever. 
Wait, was it Joel Schumacher? Yeah, I think it was. Or Batman and Robin. My mistake. This is clearly not those Batmen. Alright? So I could appreciate it. Now, given that Robert Pattinson gave a solid performance, well, he wasn't alone. Everybody else actually did pretty well in the cast. Now, individually, uh, I, I couldn't really say that all of them nailed their lines, all right? But as a cast, to help the story move forward, to drive the plot, and to keep things interesting on screen, they did their job. And they did it well, okay? Because we have Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, not yet Catwoman, yeah, yeah, she she has her cats and her uh, and her um weird mask, which isn't you know the sexy Michelle Pfeiffer mask yet. She she did pretty okay because I'm giving her the same treatment I gave Robert Pattinson, which is you know not Catwoman yet, still getting there. So all right. But Paul Dano, though, as the Riddler. Holy shit. Now, it's, uh, it, it's my own shortcoming to not have seen his recent movies. Because I think, yeah, looking back, the latest movie that I saw, that I watched, uh, where Paul Dano was uh, starring in, was Ruby Sparks. And that was... That was a very hopeless, romantic kind of, uh, you know, not, not too cheesy, but it was a romance movie, all right? So seeing him in this particular character, the Riddler, who's murderous, intricate, mysterious, and menacing at the same time, oh, okay, it was, um, it was a nice surprise. Kind of scary, but... Nice surprise, because if you're looking at someone who's been a nerd in all of his past movies, and not even the main nerd, mostly the best friend of the main dude who's also a nerd, expectations are different. Because at the very least, Robert Pattinson was a, you know, quote-unquote, a heartthrob. So, uh, he always had that main dude kind of vibe. Paul Dano did not have the main villain, Aura. But this time, he did. And it was great. He was... Yeah, if, if I watched this as a child, which, of course, I shouldn't, I would have been scared. He's a creepy... He's a creepy villain. That's all I'm gonna say. A creepy villain that does his job well and provides enough of a threat to Batman. So so his performance was really, really good. Now, Jeffrey Wright as not yet Commissioner Gordon. It 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 took um <clears throat> sorry. It took a bit of getting used to. Because I'm used to you know, who were the who are the the Jim Gordons of the past. I mean, e even 
<laughs> Even J. Jonah Jameson was Jim Gordon, right? You know? So, there have been different Jim Gordons in the past, different commissioners, but all of them had this one particular recurring um, personality. All of them were a bit stern and soft-spoken. Not not soft-spoken in a meek kind of way, but more like, you know, you know how how uncles or grand grandparents are, you know, grandpas, that kind of, you know, straight shooting, you know, righteous kind of I guess it's not soft-spoken, but I hope you can understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I hope you get what I'm saying. But this time, Jeffrey Wright, he he's he's really he's boisterous. There's a lot of bravado. Because he's he's not the the older, wiser, more calculated James Gordon. He's he's still a bit of a loose cannon here. He he gets angry. He he's he's a bit more impulsive which i like actually the casting was it was it was actually pretty good for james gordon because if um if we had that same grandpa gordon kind of thing i don't know it probably wouldn't have worked because batman's already kind of stoic here so if we had <laughs> If we had a mild-mannered James Gordon, it wouldn't really work. The chemistry would it would die. But you have stoic, edgelord Batman and loud, almost uh, gospel church kind of James Gordon who's just, you know, being who he is. It's a perfect kind of dynamic. There's a push and pull between Batman and the commissioner. No, sorry. Lieutenant. So, it really works for them in this particular case. Now, other cast members, Andy Serkis says, Alfred, come on, Andy Serkis, he, he goes on set, does his thing, becomes Andy Serkis as Andy Serkis, and does his Andy Serkis thing, and we love it. He, he always gives a solid performance, no matter who he is. Whether it's MCU or DCU. Hey, he's a solid actor. A bit subtle here as uh, as Alfred cuz usually when you think Andy Serkis, you think um you think a little bit of uh, unhinged. Even if he's a hobbit, <laughs> you know, before he became Gollum, yeah, that kind of thing. So this time he he dialed it down a bit and became, you know, Alfred Pennyworth. And it worked. And uh, who else was there? You know what's funny? Alright. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I didn't know it was him. Because I did the best I could to go in blind. I just knew that it was... It was Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz because, hey, top billing, yo. And uh, Andy Serkis, you could notice him from wherever. Jeffrey Wright, um, I, I think I've seen him in uh, in a few TV shows before. But Colin Farrell, 
I I didn't I didn't look at the the cast list, the main cast. And I think most of the posters didn't feature the main cast. There was no list or if there was, you know, my eyes are too too weak to to read the fine print. Anyway, sorry. I've rambled too, too much about it. Case in point in terms of being a complete freaking chameleon. Colin Farrell, unrecognizable as the Penguin. Did not know it was him. From the appearance, of course, there was a lot of makeup and prosthetics involved, but the way he talked... Hmm. Because uh, if there's something I noticed with Colin Farrell in the past, you could always... You could always hear that hint of a fighting Irish in his um, in his accent. I don't know if it's the characters he played or if it would just slip, even though he's portraying an American. But this time, nada, nah, could not have known that it was him. And lastly. John Tortoro as uh, Carmine Falcone. <clears throat> Carmine? Yeah, Carmine Falcone? Sorry. Well, he, he did have... Uh, <laughs> he did have a lot of... Uh, Transformers by Michael Bay vibes, you know? Agent Seymour. But, hey, he did nail the performance as Falcone. Because... If you've read the comics or seen some portrayals like animated series or other media that did have Falcone, he he wasn't that super villainous, straight up kind of mobster. There was a bit of, you know, joyful sadism in him. And uh, John Turturro did portray it really well. So that's the cast. Really solid. Didn't notice it was Colin Farrell. Holy shit. And the cast is most of what made the movie great. Of course, you have your set pieces. You have your movie's pacing. You have the the screenwriting. But the cast, they really carried the movie. And I just gotta appreciate it. So that's why... I went uh, a bit in-depth when talking about him. Now, another thing that I just need to swoon about, need to appreciate, is the portrayal of Gotham City. Yeah. Compared to past Batman movies, it's... It's, it's, it's very real. Okay, sorry. The Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. Th- that was that was also real. It was very modern. I mean, even the Batmobile, it was a tank, okay? Sure. But, how do I say this? It's real in a sense that it's very gritty. It's very visceral. And there's this looming sense of dread. No matter how many neon lights and... Uh, Billboards you see in their uh, in their version of Times Square. It's still a place where you'd feel that if you if you 
if you stumbled upon <laughs> this particular city and you got lost, it would consume you. You'd never be heard of again. It's that kind of dread. Because when it's daytime, it's overcast. When it's nighttime, it's dark. And oftentimes, it's raining. So, it's, it's a place where it's seemingly bereft of happiness. And I like that for Gotham. That sense of hopelessness, where nothing good could ever happen, it's the perfect playground for a Batman that wants to change things. Now, don't get me wrong, though. It's by no means ugly. The set pieces are great. And you can tell that Matt Reeves he, and who, whoever, of course, designed all the sets, all the, <clears throat> all the backgrounds, everything. They clearly did their homework. Because every now and then, when you, um, as you admire the landscape, you could sense some influence from Tim Burton, from Joel Schumacher. For, for The Dark Knight, I guess <laughs> your inspiration is whatever modern times look like. But you could, you could sort of feel it when you watch it. Maybe that's just me, because, I don't know, I, I'm very strange when I watch movies. But I did feel a certain level of influence. Could be wrong, but hey, what do you think? Cinematography, very well shot. As I mentioned a while ago, set pieces, very dynamic when they have to be, and very picturesque when they're, when they're being static. The three hours did not seem like three hours. And I will admit, there were some scenes that could have been, you know, cut by a few seconds, but it was never a deal breaker. Everything from the, the skyline of Gotham City to, to the underground, which you will see, of course, to the nightclub, which is also featured in the trailer, I believe. To the subway. Everything is just well shot. In spite of the, you know, cloudy, overcast, grayscale. It's, it's just pretty to look at. Pretty, menacing, and gloomy all at the same time. So, if that's the unholy trinity that you enjoy you will be thoroughly satisfied. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's, it's hard to really go into detail, because if I do, it's going to become a, an hour-long session of me just identifying the shots that I liked. And uh, that, that would be a bit more uh, uh, blatantly uh, spoilery of me. Uh, it would no longer be minor. So, should you watch The Batman after it's been out for a week? Yes, if you haven't, go ahead and go ahead and see it. 
Jeez. It's... It's not everybody's cup of tea. I do understand that. There are people who might find it a bit too edgy. There are some people who can't get over Robert Pattinson being Edward Cullen. I know. Sure. Okay. Fine. But if you're willing to to give this reboot a chance, if you're willing to give Reboot Pattinson a chance, then I highly suggest that you check this out. And I, personally, I'm looking forward to whatever's going to come next. Because, hey, of course, you know, even though there wasn't any uh, post-credit scene, towards the end, they do tease a sequel. And I, for one, can't wait for that. This is a good springboard. And given how Matt Reeves directed this, given how the cast were able to do their own thing, I'm sure they're going to stick the landing. Guaranteed. Still, yeah, shit could happen, but I, I, I'm more hopeful this time. Because at the very least, going in with those reservations, I was still, in a way, proven wrong. And it's a satisfying feeling in this particular case. So from here, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. I've rambled for far too long. And even though that's my thing, I don't want to bore you. So, to wrap things up, check out The Batman. Watch it. Make sure to enjoy it. And I'll be back, hopefully next week, with something else to talk about. Who knows? If I get stressed out enough, I could talk about how working from home should still be a thing, even though it ain't. I'll just stop right here. You guys take care. Enjoy yourselves. Have an awesome week.